Welcome to the Wealth YOS Show, the perfect place for women founders and CEOs to get inspired and empowered to make their dreams come true. My name is Nancy Florence. I'm a business coach, psychotherapist, author, and mother. As women entrepreneurs, we all want to feel confident and supported in getting the right mindset for success. If you're looking to grow your business and your team in a balanced and sustainable way, this is the perfect spot for you. Our guest today is someone who literally taught me how to become the queen of my life and my business. She has been a huge inspiration for me and for thousands of women entrepreneurs all over the globe. Her name is Gina DeVee. She's a success coach, speaker, and founder of a multi-million empire called Divine Living. Gina is also the author of the amazing book, The Audacity to be Queen, which will be discussed on the show today. In my opinion, Gina is the best in the world at empowering women entrepreneurs to grow financially in a way that is spiritually guided. It's an absolute honor to have her with us today. So Gina, the one and only Gina DV, I'm so honored to have you today on the Wealth YOS radio show. So I'm going to introduce you by way of a story. Okay. I met you in 2016 in Florence. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time, I was uh, not a brand new entrepreneur. I already had a, a psychotherapy practice. Um, I had been a property entrepreneur, but I was new to the world of coaching. So then I saw Gina online and she was doing the Wow Factor event. And for me, it was love at first sight. Here was this woman who, like me, was a psychotherapist turned coach and she was intelligent and she was sassy and sexy. Mm -hmm. Oof, I was in. And so I packed up the kids and the partner and I said, hey, we're going to Florence. Just like that, out of the blue. It was a big decision. It took a lot because at the time I wasn't making a lot of money in my practice. Mm -hmm. But I took myself to Florence and boy, was I wowed. Here comes Gina. I will never forget your grand entrance. Um, I was sort of like, I remember the first morning I was sitting there mingling with the other woman. I didn't really know what to expect. And I was new to the Divine Living brand as well. And then the music starts and then you come in. And it, wow, J-Lo meets coaching. I <laughs> loved it, loved it, loved it. And that event, that two-day Wealth Factory event, absolutely changed my life and my career. And I want to thank you. I want to start by saying thank you. I'm going to cry um, because you, yeah, you changed my life. Well, you are so welcome that you took advantage of the opportunity. You said yes, you took action, and you actually used the material. So well done, you. And I met a lifelong friend as well. Uh, I met mm -hmm. another coach there and we became uh, very, very good friends. Great. So I'm going to start with your book, The Audacity to Be Queen. Yes. A longer rated book. I mean, when it came out, I was like, yes, yes, at last. Amazing. Thank you so much for this book. I want to talk about chapter 15. Okay. 
Chapter 15, you talk about your trip to Capri. Uh, you had made enough money to pay for the trip. And then you turned to your husband and said, oh, I don't have money for shopping. Uh, and so you made the $20,000 and you treated yourself to a beautiful shopping experience. Mm -hmm. I have clients who at the moment are going from six figures to multi six figures and seven figures. Mm -hmm. And what's coming up for them is this sort of guilt. You talk about money shaming, how money shaming is the new witch, uh, witch burning. Yes. And what's coming up for them is that they really want to make their first million, but they also really want to serve. And it's like, oh, but I want to make money, but I want to make a difference in the world. How can they reconcile the two? And not just reconcile them, but also be okay with, yes, I want to make money, not just as a byproduct of service, but actually I want that too. Mm -hmm. So I've never been financially motivated. Um, money in and of itself, though I have great respect for it, uh, is not what motivates me. Uh, when I crossed seven figures and the multiple seven figures, it was never about like, I, I want to cross seven figures. That was never the goal in and of itself. I'm extremely motivated, straight up obsessed with my desires, whatever my desires are. If it's to have a girlfriend over in the afternoon, if it's to take a nap, if it's to move into a dream home, go shopping on Capri. So it's my desires that fuel my life and my passion and my obsession. And because we're all growing as women entrepreneurs, we have desires and then those desires grow. And oftentimes my desires have a financial frequency to them for it to be a vibrational match. So if moving into the dream home, let's say, required a million dollars, then that's the only reason I would be obsessed with making a million dollars. It's not actually for the money. So I find that when we give ourselves permission to go for our real desires, we'll realize that they're actually very true for us and that they, they mean something and that they are on purpose. And often, you know, usually they're spiritually guided as well. When you really trust and look into what your desires are, and it gets you out of the ego kind of keeping up with the competition vibe that can feel icky for us. So going for the million dollars in and of itself is actually quite empty. Going for anything without a why behind it is empty. And I think that when we really get in tune with what our real desires are, it feels juicy. It feels nourishing. It feels spot on. It feels like it's in alignment. It feels exciting. And then we go for that. And then when that's the starting place, you can become very unapologetic for however much those desires cost. Mm. 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 You're right. Making a million dollars in and of itself is empty unless there's a purpose for it because money goes where there's a purpose, right? Exactly. That's what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, what's a million dollars mean? Like, like some women, if you make it your security, if you make it like, I want a you know, million dollars in the bank account or whatever it is, like, I don't depending on your spiritual connection, like I don't think my God cares how much money is in my bank account. Unless I was spiritually guided and had this intuition that was really like, something's coming up. You need to stockpile some cash or you need to have 50 grand here or what, 100 grand there or 500. What, it doesn't even matter the amount. It all matters on what's being spiritually guided because anything else just kind of gets into a place of hoarding. You know, it's like, Money is energy. It just like air. It's like we breathe in and we breathe out. Money comes in and money goes. 
And it's like, if you were to just breathe in and hold that there and keep it there, it's like, you're like going to choke and it's going to be really uncomfortable. And it's not the intended use of air. And so we have these really warped views around money. Like it's hard to make, so we need to save it and hold on to it and hide it and keep it. And, um, but it's like anything that's energetic, water, air, et cetera. We know how stagnant and murky and um, filthy it becomes if there's not a free flowing element to it. Mm, I see. Yes. So you're saying that the idea of making a million dollars is nice, but if it comes from a hoarding place, from a place of once I make a million dollars, I'm going to be safe, I'm going to be secure, Mm-hmm. then it's it's stagnant and it's it's definitely gonna lose it yeah because like you know god doesn't um you know the universe is going to be sitting there saying like really you think that's your security let me show mm-hmm. you what source actually is and to show you what that is it's going to get taken away so that you can get into your truth and get into your alignment um one of the reasons why i'm never afraid of losing money again i have great respect for it i'm not like throw it around. Like I have great respect for all valuable resources, air, water, food, money, like shelter, all of it, but they're just resources. And if, if money is to go, I don't get concerned because I know how to create money and money can come in. And there is an ebbing and flowing, um, that's natural and it's meant to be there. Hmm. Tell me more about your first event. Uh, you talk about this in the book as well, in Bel Air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in true Gina fashion, you're like, you know, my first event will have 350 people, naturally. And you ended up with more than that. I think four or five more than that. Yes, yes, yes. So this is another testament, like really be there for your desires. And, and you know, it was very much beginner's luck. I was very much an idiot savant where I didn't know better. I didn't know how first events are supposed to be run. And I, my desire has always been, you know, one of the, my vibes is luxury. I, I love um, luxurious experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so I, I love this hotel, uh, the Lux Hotel in Bel Air. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be a beautiful experience to host an event there for uh, women and I went and checked it out and it had the capacity for 300 and I was like cool well let's do a 300 person event and then two weeks before the event I only had five tickets sold and I didn't give up on my vision like even when everything was contradictory and it's like I'd spent six weeks marketing an event and in six weeks I had only sold five tickets um I course corrected, you know, I prayed, I asked for guidance, I went to mentors, I was like, what do I need to do? And I made all these different adjustments. And two weeks later, 354 women showed up. So if you don't give up on your dream, and you believe in 11th hour miracles, and you keep taking the action that you need to take to see your dream through to completion, it very much becomes manifested. I love your fearlessness. And I know that you're not completely exempt from fear. You're a human being like everyone else. But um, this, I picked up on something because when you did the event, you said that you were really excited to help the next women millionaire. Mm-hmm. And so once you had barely crossed the six figures, you were like, I'm going to help those women scale up. Mm-hmm. How did you, where did you get this audacity from? This idea of like, well, this is where I am, but I can take you all the way to seven figures. 
you know, it didn't feel like audacity then. It felt exciting. Like I've always like your listeners, like you are like, we're lit up about growth and wherever I was at financially and impact wise. And, um, you know, to the extent that I was, uh, playing kind of on the, the industry stage, like I wanted more of that and I wanted to experience more. And I knew that there were more lives to impact. There was more money to be made. There was more, um, lifestyle experiences to have as a result of making money because I'm, I'm uh, definitely about divine working, but I'm also about divine living. So both are very important to me. And I think it was in the, um, well, like, would this be fun? And just really kind of naively believing it's possible. It was, you know, very much a bit of a Pollyanna kind of thing that I had going on then of like, oh, wow, well, we're all these cool women entrepreneurs that all have big dreams and all have a purpose. Like, why don't we go for it and do it together? And if we're at six figures, then, you know, seven figures is the next growth marker financially. And, and let's do this. So that's kind of where it came from. So it didn't feel like this bold. It didn't even, I mean, I knew it was a bit of a risk to, to put the credit card deposit down, but it's like, I, I'm glad I didn't know what the process was going to be because I just kind of assumed everyone would love it and that, that it would happen. <laughs> and then when it didn't, that's when I got freaked out. That's when I had the sleepless nights. And that's when I got to develop emotional maturity to really I had a choice at that point. Like the starting place wasn't the scary part for me. It was five. It was at two weeks before and five women were registered. And it was like, what are the options? I can quit. I can go under by, I can lose my 10 grand. Um, or I can, where there's a will, there's a way. And I can find how to make this happen and, and keep going. And that's what I did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You talked about how you make your desires a non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. And I asked you, like, where do you get this audacity from? Why, why, why do you believe that your desires are meant to happen? I don't... Uh, but, like, is it self-love? Is it self-permission? Why do you give yourself your desires? I think my question is, like, why not? Like if they're, they're, they're in each of us for a reason, I'm sure some of it comes, a lot of it comes from my faith and my spiritual connection. Um, and it, I think that I've always known about the realm of the miraculous and, you know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So I think that it's always been very spiritually aligned for me to know that um, we're meant to have abundant lives and combining that with the gift of the information from, you know, all the new thought leaders and uh, Bob Proctor and the science of getting rich and think and grow rich and like really real when I learned how to combine my spiritual connection with brain training, so to speak, that really getting that what we think becomes our reality and that we have the power to create a reality and that thoughts are things, um, it all lined up for me spiritually and psychologically. So it's like, if I've been given the information that says you can create your life, you can create your desires, why wouldn't I? 
Why wouldn't anyone? You look so beautiful with your Brigitte Bardot top. Thank you. So you talked about divine living versus divine working. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I love about your brand, the divine living brand, is that there is a strong emphasis on prioritizing pleasure as well. In fact, you wrote an entire chapter on it in the Odyssey to be Queen. Chapter 16, prioritizing pleasure. Now, I've been an entrepreneur for a while now, and I know that unless we're intentional about it, it's not easy to have a life when you're also growing a business. Yeah. And so six o'clock runs around and the computer gets turned off. And for me, sometimes there's a feeling of, wow, but there's so much more to be done. Hmm. And so my question to you is, how... How do you do that? How do you strike the balance between work? And I'm sure you're very busy. Even you taking the time to be here on the show today is wow. Because you've got a hundred things to do. And then, of course, in the evening, you go into your life. Uh, you go and spend time with your husband. How do you flow like this between work and life? So most women do not have a healthy relationship with time. I know I certainly didn't at the beginning of my entrepreneurial career. And I would have a very skewed sense of how long it would take something to happen. I also, you know, most women don't have a healthy relationship with money. I had a very skewed sense of how much something would cost also. And what I mean by that is like, I would think that a certain project would take a certain amount of time. And some, I would either like totally overshoot it or undershoot it. Like I would think like, I'd go into shutdown like, oh my gosh, it's going to take so much time to do this. And if I'd actually just go and do it, it didn't take as much time as I thought it would. And then other times I was like, oh yeah, I can do this quickly. Like I can get this done and it would actually take a lot longer than I thought. And so part of the wisdom of experience is to uh, make healthy your relationship with time and have a, a sense of... Um, time leaving margins you know there's margins on paper so that you can like overflow a little bit here or there and so i have i'm clear on my goals i'm for myself for my company for my different team members and i've learned how to it's kind of like learning how to eat just enough if you if you don't eat enough you're going to be hungry and miserable and cranky and if you eat too much, you're going to be stuffed and you're going to be uncomfortable and that doesn't feel good either. So like when you learn how to eat the right amount for your body, then it's nourishing and it feels good. And the same in terms with productivity and goal accomplishing in your business. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what's too much and what's too little and then what's just right. And so I've had to learn that over the years and I'm still learning very much so. Um, like, okay. I want to launch this program or I want this number of people in the program. I want to make this much money. I want to affect this many, like whatever it is. I want to grow my Instagram by X amount, like whatever the thing is. And like really taking a look at what's just that right edge, like what's pushing it enough so that I feel really great and proud and what's too much um, for me and my team. So then I take a look at um, what that is. But for me then personally, I've now set up my, life so that um, every day at the end of the day, there's never more than five emails in my inbox because that clutters my mind. So I either delete it or I delegate it 
Uh, and it's like that. I either delete it or delegate it. Um, and then I'm able to like to start fresh and new every day. And every day at six o'clock when I shut the computer down, it's um, like I, I, I've been productive. I've accomplished what I needed to accomplish that day. So I don't have this feeling like I've got a, it would be like having a beautiful dinner and feeling and being satiated. But it's like, oh my gosh, I got to eat tomorrow. It's like, it's, it's like being in the present moment. It's like I did what I needed to do today. Um, yes, there's going to be more work to do tomorrow. Yes, there's going to be meals that you eat tomorrow, but tomorrow is a new day. So I also stay very present and focused on what the container of today is meant to be. And so what's the container today? Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to, what you're working on, um, and the upcoming trips? What's going on in Gina's world? Yes, let's see. And um, today is not just a typical office day. That uh, A lot of the days, Monday through Friday, are Let's see, today, what, what happened? This morning, I went and worked out, and then I met with one of my team members on content creation for a program that we're currently doing, but every time we do a program, we also learn, and so we're improving it. So we met about that. Then I met with my team to debrief a recent launch because you know so much about entrepreneurs is they're often like always on to the next thing the next thing and then not taking a look at well what worked what didn't work what would we like to do differently etc um and so we had a great debrief of a recent challenge that we did so that was cool and then i did an instagram live which i do at 10 a.m pacific every day and then i had some other um, meetings. I'm here doing this podcast. I've got another podcast after this. And then this afternoon I have a girlfriend coming over and it's just playtime. It's just like time to be in friendship. And, um, we've got some fun meals planned and she's coming like for lunch and then we'll hang out in the afternoon and we'll have dinner. So that's going to be really nice. And then tomorrow morning I get up, I'm going to work out. And then Glenn and I are taking off on a motorcycle trip for a week. And we're going to... Uh, a motorcycle trip for a week. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Where? In yeah. America? Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, because the, the flying scene is like, you know, normally we'd be in Europe right now, but we're uh, making the most of not being on a plane. So we're going to uh, drive up to Boise, Idaho, and we've never been there. So it's going to be fun for us to be in the mountains. And I think there's a river there and nature. We've got some friends there. Um, and then we're going to come back down through Nevada, kind of Vegas area, and then come home. You know how to ride a motorcycle and take it? No, I sit on the back. Okay. He's cool. got a two-seater. Yep. No, I sit there and I listen to my audio books and he drives and handles all that. So it's like that. Wonderful. Um, my last question to you before we wrap up. Mm-hmm. It's a very important personal question, I'm afraid. What's your favorite J-Lo song? Oh, uh, probably Live It Up. Live It Up. Live It Up. Kind of suits the theme of our conversation here today as well. And where can we find you? What's in the, uh, what are you uh, doing right now in terms of courses? 
Yeah. Uh, well, come on over to divineliving.com. It's D-I-V-I-N-E, divineliving.com. If you go to uh, divineliving.com forward slash book, you can get the book in audio, Kindle, or hardcover. If you go to divineliving.com forward slash audacity, I have a free companion course to the book. You don't even have to buy the book. There's videos and workbooks and a Facebook group and all kinds of fun stuff there. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram at Gina DeVee. Wonderful. I highly recommend your book. All my clients have to read your book. It's part of the Aww. curriculum on the Wealth Buyers Academy. And I took the course as well. It's gorgeous. It's packed with so many diamonds. So thank you very much. And thank you for being on the show today. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. And thanks for spreading the love. Thank you for listening to the Wealth While You're Wealth Show. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us about the next person you would like to see on the show. And we'd also love to know the next topic you'd like us to explore or anything else you want to discuss with us. As always, you can send in your burning questions and suggestions to info at nancyflowers.com. See you soon for another gorgeous conversation in the next episode.